0: Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash Entitled People, where people don't like hearing no for an answer because the world revolves around them. And in this episode, you'll hear about Karen's trespassing into backyards to hunt, throwing tantrums in stores, trying to steal $11,000 bikes, stalking people. It's a wild one, so strap in, grab a drink, and remember not to shake your heads too hard. Okay, so this story happened when I was 12 years old. My brother was involved in an accident due to a doctor screw-up. The hospital and doctor agreed to compensate for everything, and no one was sure if he'd survive it or not. At the time this happened, my brother was dating this awful girl. She found out about the hospital wanting to compensate, and the next thing we know, her mom is there with her. During the final two weeks my brother suffered, they went around talking about how much money they could get from this whole ordeal. They somehow thought that since my brother was dating her, that she would get something. I recall her saying something about she might get half of whatever compensation they're getting, since they were together. My brother ended up passing away, and soon after, we had the funeral. At the funeral home, the mom shows up, and she kept bringing up how her daughter was pregnant, so they should get money too. It took months of waiting, but the kid did turn out to be his. My mom didn't even care about compensation, she was just trying to grieve. The whole thing with them coming after the money just made losing my brother a thousand times worse. We couldn't even mourn as we were stressed out about the whole money thing that they were coming after us for. The mom and daughter couldn't accept the fact that they wouldn't get any money so they took things to court and it was settled in court. Now I can't help but to feel awful about who my brother's kid will become. I can only hope that she won't be a monster like her mom or her grandmother. Yeah, hopefully the kid doesn't turn out that entitled, because that story was bonkers, guys. Some people are just awful. And I would have freaking lost it on that mom if I was in Opie's mother's shoes. Like, don't you dare come to my son's funeral while everyone's trying to mourn and pull that we deserve money because my daughter used to date your son crap. Like, get the heck out of here. But hey, that's entitled people, right? So a little context. I live in the center of a town that does a yearly half marathon. The marathon route basically traps me in my building as it goes on the roads around it, which I need to cross to reach the rest of the town. It's been taking place years and years before me, so I'm not bothered by it. I just avoid leaving my building until most of the runners have gone. On this day, I had an errand to run, but I was going out in the afternoon, so I was forced to push through the crowds on the pavements and then to wait and cross through the runners. I managed to get to the shops and do what I needed to do. On my way back, it started raining and then hailing a crazy amount, like huge stones that made the ground look like it had been snowed on. Spectators were sheltering underneath shop awnings, including the one above the door to my building, where Karen and her two younger kids were standing. I say to her, excuse me, sorry, can I just quickly get through? Now at this, Karen looks absolutely furious and she says, no, find your own spot, we're standing here. Okay, I'm thinking, fair enough, the door isn't too obvious. I then say to her again, no, I I actually live in this building, I just need to get through that door. Karen says, I don't think so, these are offices, I work in them, don't you try to fool me and my girls into moving for you, you stand in the rain. Now these are not offices, so lord knows why she would say that. She's still in my way though. So I say, I really do live here. Look, I have my key and I can open this door. And Karen's still screaming, no, just go somewhere else. I told you, I'm not moving. At this point, she's being loud so everyone nearby can hear and they're staring. So I say to her, look, I really do just want to get into my home. Everyone's looking at us now. So if I'm trying to get you out of the way to stand there, I don't think they'll put up with it. Do you? Karen then says, fine. But remember, everyone's looking, don't you dare force me and my girls out of this spot. She then moves, so I put my key in the door, and surprise, surprise, it opens. I then give the woman a little wave as I walk through, and I catch a couple of onlookers stifling some laughter. After that, the woman immediately walks off with her two daughters, into the hail. I love how she just walks off into the hail in defeat, guys. But seriously though, some people really need to slow down and try to comprehend what the other person's telling them. It would have saved her the embarrassment if she just went, Oh, you live here? Why go ahead, go into your home. So a little backstory, as it's needed in the story. My parents live in a gated community, and they got their house custom built. They purchased the land separately, as originally, the people were selling it all together, and they only needed 3 acres, not 5, for the house. So they purchased one plot for the house, and the other plot next to it, and left it empty for privacy. Now on to the story. It was about 7pm. I was sitting in my room when I saw flashlights on the land a little while away, next to the house. So I told my dad and we both went out thinking it was the HOA, as they usually check to see if trees aren't overgrown. So we went out and we see what we'll know as Karen in the story. She was with her husband and son, who looked to be about 14 to 16 years old, with a BB gun and traps, and that's when it starts. Dad says, hey, can we help you? Karen says, no, no, we're just hunting. I do want to note that unless she had a code or knew someone who lived here, she couldn't get in as it's gated. My dad tells her, sorry, but we own this land. You'd essentially be hunting in our backyard, and you can't hunt here. Also, no animals come here except squirrels or some occasional deer. Karen then argues and says, no, this is public land, and it's okay. We'll set traps for the deer. Now, this is when Kevin, aka the father, comes in and says, is there a problem? His wife tells him, they said this land is owned land, but I doubt that. Now this is the point where I go in the house and call community security. They were obviously trespassing, and even when my dad said it was private-owned land, they still set traps. I didn't hear the rest of the conversation, but when security came and I came out, this happened. Karen screamed, This man won't let us hunt here. Security then tells him that this is private-owned property. So it turns out they were already looking for the family. When they looked over the gate footage, they saw the family following behind another car that put in the code. So long story short, they were kicked out of the neighborhood and if they came back without a valid reason, they would get trespassed and the police would be called. The whole time the son just looked embarrassed and he looked like he didn't even want to go hunting. Okay guys, so I'm not a hunter, so I never knew this before but a lot of people commented that what the family did was illegal, trespassing aside. So even if they did have a license to hunt and it was public property, apparently you're not allowed to hunt at night. And also trapping deer is highly illegal in about every single state. Like, felony conviction, years in jail, a five-figure fine, and you can't even hunt or own a gun. Illegal. So yeah, I think I would've just called police at that point and let them deal with the family. But that's just me though. I love hearing about super entitled people getting charged for their actions. So this story happened near the beginning of the whole virus thing. I'm a security guard. With the outbreak, we've gotten a lot of new companies and contracts, and there have been several stores that hire my company for mask enforcement. Basically, refusing service for anyone who tries to walk in without a facial covering. So this event took place at one of the new contracts for a home improvement shop. One that promises that you can save big money shopping there. My job at this location is extremely simple and narrow. If I see someone walk in without a mask, I stand between them and the gate, inquire as to their lack of mask, and give them the option of purchasing a mask for less than 50 cents at customer service if they don't have one of their own. For the most part, people are kind and understanding. Many of them apologize saying that they forgot it and quickly dig out a mask from their pocket or purse, and then they go about their way. One day, however, I meet the Karen. So on this day, I had just stopped an old man and asked if he had a mask. The guy laughs, pulls it out of his pocket saying he always forgets, puts it on and walks right through. As I'm having the conversation with him, in walks Karen and she's staring me down right in my face, no mask, and almost runs into the old man as she tries to rush past me. I however step in her way with a kind smile and say, Hello ma'am, do you have a mask today? At which point Karen screams, No, and I don't need one either. I then tell her, I'm so sorry, the store policy states that everyone's required to wear a mask. If you need one, you can get one right over there. I then point to the customer service desk and say, it's just 42 cents. Karen then says, I told you, I don't need a mask. I need a washing machine, so where are they? I tell her, I don't know where the washing machines are. However, I can't let you pass this point without a mask. So please put one on or see the customer service desk to purchase one. Karen then screams at me saying, What do you mean you don't know where the washing machines are? You work here. What kind of lazy worker are you? I then tell her that I work for a third-party security company. I don't know this store, but I told her that she can't go through these gates without a mask. During this time, Karen tries to walk around me multiple times. I keep stepping in front of her, keeping my hands low, and calmly repeating, Ma'am, you can't be in here without a mask. You need a mask. While Karen's screaming, you work here, and I don't like your attitude. You either tell me where I can get a washing machine, or get the heck out of my way. At this point, customer service notices that something isn't right. As for the most part, as a guard, I just smile, wave, and don't really interact with customers. So when I'm no longer smiling, standing still, and speaking with a customer, this usually means that something's going wrong. So the customer service employee comes up and says, Hello, what can I do to help today? I tell her she's looking, and that's when Karen interrupts me and says, I want a washing machine, and he refuses to tell me where they are. He just keeps getting in my way, telling me to wear a damn mask. Customer service then tells the Karen, I'm sorry, but he doesn't work with the store. His job is to just enforce the mask rules. However, I would be more than happy to help you. But do you have a mask today? Karen screams, no, I don't have a mask and I'm not wearing one. She then spews off some long-winded rant about HIPAA and civil rights. The employee tells her, well ma'am, he won't let you in here without a mask and unless you have one, I would be unable to assist you in getting a washing machine. Karen then screams for a manager and the service employee gets on her walkie-talkie and radios for a manager to come up. The manager approaches her and asks her how she's doing today and Karen says, I'm doing horrible. Your employees are useless, they refuse to help me, and they won't even let me in the store, I demand you fire them both. The manager tells her, I'm sorry, we hired this company to enforce mask policies. Karen then says, I've told you people, I will not wear an effing mask. Now fire these people, and get me my washing machine. At this point, she's escalating more and more, and she's getting close to the manager, which triggers my training. Now normally, I'm not allowed to go hands-on. However, there is an exception when there's a significant threat of violence to myself or the employees of the company I'm working at, and it's starting to appear as if some violence may happen. I then say to her, Ma'am, I'm going to need you to calm down and please back away from the manager. We don't want any physical contact. She screams at me, I'm not talking to you. You're about to be fired anyway, so you might as well go home. Manager tells her, He's not going to be fired. He's just doing his job, ma'am. Another five-minute argument goes by, during which I'm forced to stand between the manager and Karen as she's getting more and more aggressive. The manager took this chance to motion for the employee to call police. He then says, at this point, I'm gonna have to ask you to leave. I won't have you yelling at security or refusing to follow policies. Karen's still screaming and she says, I'm not leaving until you fire this a-hole and I get my washing machine. She then looks at me and screams, get out of my way. Don't you know it's rude to get between people who are talking? So about five minutes later, the cops arrive, with Karen screaming that we physically assaulted her and hit her when all she wanted to do was get a washing machine. And even after the police reviewed the footage, she held on to her story. As they attempt to trespass her from the store, she swung at me and luckily she missed. That, however, was enough for her to leave the store in handcuffs. Now I'm not sure why she thought I was an employee, my uniform is grey and black with a bright red logo. And the store's uniform is a lot of blues and greens. But, all's well that ends well, with a Karen in the back of a police car. Guys, I just want to say that I personally did not like that mask policy at all. But, if it prevented me from going into a store, I popped one on. Like, a lot of people did. Like, I couldn't tell you guys how many times I drove to a store only to forget my mask and had to drive home because you had to go into a store to buy a friggin' mask. So yeah, I don't miss that at all, guys. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Some preamble to set the scene. Now, I'm really into cycling, and I have been for many, many years. I started riding back in the 1970s when I was really young. I come from a family of road racers, so it's sort of inevitable. I also live up to the rules of the Voluminati, especially rule number 25, about the bikes on the roof of the car being worth more than the car itself. Having saved up, I bought my dream bike, a Cervelo Caldonia 5, with Dura-Ace Di2 electronic gear shifters. The bike cost me almost 11,000 pounds, so a couple of months ago, I heard an event running around 50 miles away, where a company was launching a few of their new bikes. I decided to spin over and have a look, just out of interest, and set off. It was a great ride over, and when I arrived, there were other riders that I knew, so we set off looking around at the bikes on show. I locked my bike onto one of the rocks, and took one of the newly launched bikes out for a quick circuit. I also had a chat with a tech guy from the company, and then unlocked my bike. Cue the Karen and her entitled spotty teenager. She says to me, Hello, can my son have his turn on that bike now? I ask her, what? She says to me, You've had your time on it, and my son wants to ride it. He really likes it. I tell her, I'm sorry, he can't ride this. Perhaps look at some of the other bikes the company bought. This is my... Now before I could tell her that this is my bike, she screams, No! No! You've had your ride on that bike. It's my son's turn. You can't monopolize the bikes. Her son then makes a grab for my bike and pulled it from my hands and tried to ride off. Now his first mistake was not realizing that I have very specific lipless pedals and without the correct cleats, you're not gonna get too far. Second, I left the bike in a very high gear. It's a cafe stop thing. It's almost impossible to set off quickly and it's one of my ruses to help avoid a snatch and grab theft of the bike. I then grab the little kid and pull him off my bike and just stopped it from falling to the floor. That's when one of the team members running the demo comes over to see what's going on, and Karen goes off in true form. She then screams and says, This man has just pushed my kid off your bike. Tell him to let my son have his ride on the bike. Now. She then looks at me and says, You're lucky I'm not calling police and charging you for assault. The bike guy tells her, This isn't one of our bikes. Our bikes are over there. This is the visitor's bike area. She then says, why is he riding this bike then? I then tell her, because I'm the one who owns this bike, I tried to tell you. Now at this point, you could see the cogs turning as she realized what's going on. And then she breaks the fake smile out and says, oh, I'm really sorry, I thought it was one of the demo bikes. I then point to the manufacturer flags around the demo session, and I point to the name on my bike. I then say to her, does this look like it's made by the company running this session? At this point, I can see she's playing dumb and she says, I'm sorry, I didn't realize. It's a nice bike though, and my son's thinking of buying one. Can he try yours out? I tell her, I very much doubt he'd be buying one of these, but I'm gonna need your details. She then asked why, and I tell her, well, your son supported you by snatching a bike worth 11,000 pounds out of my hands, and he tried to ride off on it. I'm gonna need to know who to send the repair bill to for any damage he caused. And she goes white. She tried to argue that there's nothing on my bike that could cost that much. The bike guy from the company assured her that there certainly was. We then call an officer over who was at the event and explained everything that happened. He obtained the woman's contact details and he passed them on to me. I told her I'd be in touch later and then I rode back home. There was no damage done to the bike, but I did love seeing her face drop. And also, I did sting her for a full service at my local bike shop. See guys, this is exactly what I mean when I say people need to let others finish what they're saying. Instead of just interrupting people, like just wait until they finish talking. Like unless she was one of those entitled people who literally doesn't care if it's yours or not, and would just try to take it anyways because my boy deserves it. Okay, so this happened a couple of days ago, and the more I think of it, the more disturbed I get. So for some backstory, I'm a huge musical theater nerd. And a few years ago, I got to see Phantom of the Opera in Seattle. And as a souvenir, I bought a tote bag with the Play's logo printed all over it, that I'm still very fond of. Now the show is playing in a theater in my area. And there has been a lot of local buzz about it. I went to see it this weekend and decided to carry my phantom tote bag for a while. Since my love of the show has been bolstered. And the bag is a great conversation starter for the other theater nerds. Now let's set the stage. A couple of days ago, I go to the grocery store near my apartment. To stock up on some pretty standard foodstuffs. When I walk in, I see a cashier I'm friendly with working the self-checkout kiosk. So I stop to talk to him for a few minutes. My bag was hanging over my shoulder within clear view of the doors. After a couple of minutes into my chat, I feel a tap on my shoulder. So I turn around to address whoever was trying to get my attention, and found a relatively normal looking woman. Nothing to indicate that this woman was a Karen type in any way. She then says to me, Hey, is that the Phantom of the Opera on your bag? Now me, happy to chat about one of my favorite musicals, say, Yes it is. Do you like the show? That's when the Karen says, it's fine, I took my daughter last weekend to see it at the local theater, she loves musicals. I say to her, me too, I thought it was a really great show, the cast did a really great job, and she then cuts me off and says, did you buy that bag there, because I didn't see that bag at any of the booths. I tell her, actually, I got this in Seattle when I saw the show a few years ago. Karen then says, Oh, because there really weren't any souvenirs at the show that my daughter liked. And she would love that bag. She then looks at me expectantly, and I realized what she wants and say, I'm sorry your daughter didn't find any keepsake she wanted. The woman goes on and says, She was so disappointed that she didn't have anything to remember the show by. She would love your bag. Love it. I then say to her... Well, I know I love this bag. I hope the next time your daughter sees a show, she finds a souvenir that she likes. Now, I'm pretty nervous at this point because I'm very non-confrontational and I've read plenty of stories in this subreddit to know that people like causing scenes. I then grab my bag very tightly, trying to hold it against my body with my elbow, with both hands tightly on the straps. I then tell her, I've got to do my shopping now, so excuse me. To my pleasant surprise, she didn't really say anything, so I really thought I'd gotten away without anything crazy happening. I then grabbed a basket and go to the cereal aisle. As I'm putting Cheerios into my basket, the woman enters the aisle. Now she doesn't have a cart or a basket and she doesn't try to approach me again. Instead, she just stares at me. I decide to try to ignore her and go about business as usual, grabbing things on my shopping list. Every aisle I go to, she follows me into. Every. Single. Aisle. And she's just staring at me. Now I'm certain she was just waiting for me to let my guard down. I then go through self-checkout, and she hangs by the discount bread rack, still watching. Now, knowing she's probably not gonna give this up when I leave the store, I flag down my acquaintance working the self-checkout, and tell him that I'm pretty sure this woman's gonna follow me to my car. He's wary of her, and he walks me and my purchase out to the parking lot, and doesn't leave until my bags are loaded, and I'm in my car with my doors locked. I was still keeping an eye on the woman, and sure enough, she left the store when I did, watching me as I got into my car. I then see her get into her own car, still watching me. My acquaintance who walked me out went back into the store, and I was left alone in my vehicle, caught in an awkward staring match with a Karen, who's also in her car. The woman didn't try to hide the fact that she was watching me. It then dawned on me that she was likely to follow me home, So instead of taking my usual exit that would take me back to my apartment, I drove over the next exit that turned off onto a major street. The Karen followed me like I expected, and I sat there for a couple of more minutes, just waiting. See, there's an intersection at the corner of the grocery store with really long light times, so cars end up lining up a fair amount. I wait until the last possible second until that light turned green and unleashed a wave of cars, turning right just before they hit, leaving the woman stranded to wait for them to pass if she wanted to follow me. I then drove up the street and got on the highway, then took the exit for the next neighborhood over and took the back way to my apartment. My car is pretty noticeable, it's bright orange, and I didn't want to take any chances that the woman may recognize my car by going back the way I came. It seems I successfully ditched her because no one's come banging on my door demanding that I give them my phantom tote. Needless to say, I'll be leaving that bag at home from now on. Guys, what a crazy situation that is. And that woman definitely would have followed OP to her house 100% because some people are just too darn entitled. And if you mix that with a little bit of crazy like that woman might have been you've got a recipe for a potential disaster. And I'm just glad OP's okay, and her bag is okay. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash, entitled people. Guys, I hope you enjoyed the stories today, and I hope you didn't shake your heads too hard at these entitled people. Guys, if you missed the last episode on the channel, I'm gonna link it right here. A Karen assaults OP in an airport for not obeying her. It's such a ridiculous story. So go check it out if you haven't, and myself and Stevie Boy will see you guys in the next one. We love you.